Welcome to Storyline, our stories for his glory. How you doing today, Isaac? I'm doing great. You okay? Yep, just a little. All right, we're in episode two. Thank you for joining us. We had a decent amount of listeners for our first episode. We had one billion views. One billion dollars. No, I wish. But we are going to get right into episode two. I've got a pretty funny story. Uh, at the time, it wasn't funny. Um, looking back now, it is pretty comical. Uh, but it reminded me of a verse in Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 16. Matthew 10, 16, and it says, Look, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be shrewd as serpents and as innocent as doves, or, or wise as serpents and innocent as doves. Um, if I had to give this story a title, I would call it the story of wisdom. Dumb. Dumb, yes. Dumb. Because... How do you spell that one? D-U-M-B. There you go. Dumb. Because Steve Gilmore, a long time ago, had... In a galaxy far away. <laughs> in a galaxy far, far away. Learned a very valuable lesson on trusting people and uh, being taken advantage of. And it was a, sort of a comical way that it happened. So, the story goes like this. I was in college. What year was this? This was 2004, no, 2006, 2006, 2007. I was two. You were two. Wow. I feel old. So 2006, 2007, I was in college in Florida, and I was working for a pizza place. Now, I I went to a Christian college, but um, I did not work for a Christian company. My boss was (gasps) Christian, and... Of course, he hired people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Well, I, as a young kid, uh, growing up in a Christian home, um, really did not have a lot of run-in with people who may be different than me. Um, I grew up uh, on a farm. I was homeschooled for many years, and um, I really just didn't have a lot of knowledge of of that kind of, of, of different people, people different from me. And so naturally, as I started working there, I made some friends that I worked with there. Um, we, we got along great. Uh, but there was this one particular individual that worked there. They really didn't know anything about her. Well, the dumbness begins. The, now. the dumbness begins very, very shortly after, uh, uh, I get to know her a little bit. She was always super nice to me. Um, we worked for a pizza place, and one of the things I started noticing is I was a delivery driver, and I started to notice that she would um, steal. She would steal orders. Okay, so as a delivery driver, everyone's assigned a a order, right. and so uh, she would go to the computer. She would. St- steal my deliveries and me being a non-confrontational person i really didn't want to make a big deal of you it you knew about this i we we all knew about it but oh. we were all kind of scared of her because really she, even though she was nice she just really there was she just had this scariness factor to her yeah although she was always kind to me but she would then steal um our orders so i got to know her and i learned quickly that she was she had done a lot of things in her life she she was very good at many things. Well, 
one year or one semester, the semester was over. I went home on break. And during that break, I had purchased a computer. Um, that's a separate story. That was part of my eBay addiction that I had. Back <laughs> that's in my, a good story. That too. was back in my uh, eBay addiction years. But I had this computer that I bought and it stopped working. Well, I came down to college, back to college. I'm at work one day and I start talking to my coworkers about how I have this computer that I purchased that really just, it broke. It stopped working. I didn't know what to do. I didn't know anybody who fixed computers. I didn't, I didn't know much about computers. And lo and behold, she comes to me. And tells me she... Did she probably tell you she has a degree or something? She went to school for computer computer science, IT. She worked in that department. She knew how to fix computers. And she would be happy to (laughs) fix the computer for me. And me being, again, not wise, um, I believed her. And so... I brought my computer in the next time I was at uh, I had to work and this was about midway through the semester uh, I gave her the computer. And so I let a couple weeks go by and asked her about it and she said, "Oh, I'm working on it. I'll, I'll have it to you soon." Mm. Okay. Oh, well, fast forward a little bit later in the semester, I again asked her about it and she says, "You know what? I'm working on it. I'll get it to you as soon as I can." All right, all right. Well, it's the week before the end of school. And I am now graduating, and I'm never going to be going down that way, really. Like, I'm not, I, I wasn't going to be working there anymore. I was moving back home. And it's a week before, and she didn't have to work that week. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out how am I going to get this computer? So I proceed to tell one of my coworkers, like, hey, I don't know what to do because I gave my computer to her and she has had it the whole semester. I kind of think she may be lying to me. And he goes, well, you know she's a pathological liar, right? Oh, my goodness. And I said, what are you talking about? He's like, she lies through her teeth about everything. And I'm like, what? He's like, yeah. And she actually works for the company the pizza company on work release because um, she's had some run-ins with, with law, with the police. And she was hired on this work release program. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. And I just, I believe her. He's like, I don't know why you would have given her your computer. You really thought she fixed computers? She works for a pizza place. I'm like, <laughs> how was I supposed to know? So there comes in that concept of dumb. Like, yeah. I just, I believe this. She just, she told me, I've never been in the world a day in my life, really. And this lady says, yeah, I could fix your computer. Yeah. And so at that point, I felt like a complete idiot. Like, taking advantage of more. Like, okay, the computer didn't work. But, like, I bought the computer. On eBay. I I spent the money for it. Like, I want my computer back. Maybe somebody else can fix it. Like, for real. So, um, I was like, I don't know what to do. And... I actually, I have one detail of this story messed up. It was not my very last semester at school. That next semester was going to be my very last semester. So this oh, okay. was just Christmas break. Yeah. And that, that detail is important uh, because when I come back to school after the this whole thing goes down, mm-hmm. oh, my word, this is, this is what happens. So 
I'm talking to my buddy. It's literally my last shift before Christmas break. And I tell him, I'm like, I don't know what to do. He's like, well, she orders pizza from us all the time because she gets a discount. Let's look her address up in the system. And after work, we'll drive over there and you can ask for your computer back. Oh, great idea, Steve. So it wasn't my idea, but I'm in my mind, I was like, yeah, he's got a really great idea. So we drive over there. Now, there were parts of town that we just didn't deliver anything. My boss... We made, had rules. <laughs> he had certain areas that he was just like, we usually tend to not... Like, if somebody wants to order, they can come pick it up, but we just... They've had muggings, and right, pizza drivers were were mugged at these different locations, yeah. and we're driving over there, and sure enough, she's in this part of town that I, I really had no business being in. So, mm-hmm. I park my car at the end of the road, or at the end of the driveway. My buddy who worked there parks his car at the end of the driveway, and he had kind of like an old, old-looking cop car. And so he kind of parks his car at the end of the driveway and does the old, the old like cop like leaning over the top of his car, just mm-hmm. like resting his arms on there. And, he, and, and from a distance, it it looked like you know a cop way down there. Yeah. So he's parked out there. I'm parked out there, and I walk up to the to the house, and I'm knocking on the door. I'm knocking on the door, and this guy comes to the door, and I'm like, "Is so and so here?" And he's like, uh, she's in the house down at the at the other end. There was two houses on the property. She's, like, she's down at the other end of, at the other house. And I had by that time I'd worked myself up to like I'm I'm very non confrontational. But like when I like I I'm I went over this in my head. Yeah. Like I'm like here we are. I'm I'm gonna confront this lady. I'm gonna really just blast her. Let her have it. Like there's no way that you know I'm not gonna be taken advantage of. I'm I'm a big dummy, right? And I said, "Well, she she took my computer, told me she could could work on it, and and I want it back. I'm I'm leaving to go back home. I need it now." And he's like, "All right, just a minute, just a minute." And he shuts the door, and I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting, and finally she. I don't know if she came in a back door or what, but she comes to the door. Well, she was probably already in there. She might have been, but. <laughs> She comes up and she hands me the opens the door, hands me my computer. It was still in her house, just sitting there. And she goes, "You owe me a hundred bucks." And I said, "Did you fix my computer?" And she said, "Yeah, fix your computer." And I said, "Okay, well, I'm gonna take it back to my room at school and I'm gonna plug it in. And if it works, I will bring you your hundred bucks tomorrow at work." I'll bring it by work and drop it off. Yeah, well, yeah, you better, because I fixed it. And, like, made this big to-do, because I... And then she asked, who's the cop at the end? Did you brought cops here? She saw it? Yeah, she saw the car. I was like, no, that's... Uh, I forget I forget my co-worker's name, but he... This was, this was a long time ago. You should have um, said it. Oh, yeah, that's Sheriff. So, I was like, no, that's so-and-so from work. She's like, oh, okay, well... But, you know, she mumbled a bunch of stuff, hand me the computer, and, and told me I better pay her. So, take my computer back to the room, turn it on, <laughs> nothing. She didn't <laughs> fix it. So I'm like, well, 
I made a deal with her. If she'd fix it, I'd give her the hundred bucks. But she didn't. Like, there's no way. Yeah. You know, I bought parts for. She told me she bought parts and had to. I said, well, what did you do? Oh, I had to replace a couple of parts. Well, I didn't know anything about computers, so I would have no idea. Yeah. So <laughs> I go home for Christmas break, come back to school, and she ended up. She had ended up getting fired. Uh, over over a break. And I was very grateful that that happened because I was going to be very, like, weirded out to have to work with this woman a whole nother semester at school knowing she, like, straight up lied to my face, um, stole my computer. She's expecting money, too. And she's she's wanting 100 bucks from me. So I get back to work, and I I asked the um, shift manager, I said, hey, did, did she ever say anything about, she's like, oh, man, she came, she told everybody, she had, she was telling everybody that I stole from her, oh, I Lord. stiffed her, I, she fixed She your, stole my, com- she, she stole my computer. That's no, she, that said, she's, uh, she said that she fixed my computer and I refused to pay her. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Like, that's a lie. Like, she, she did not do that. Like, she lied to me. She took my computer and she's, they were like, well, obviously they all knew she was crazy because yeah. the icing on the cake for everything was... The shift manager told her before she could leave for the night, which was part of our job as as delivery drivers, we folded boxes. And we had to have the boxes restocked before we could leave. Mm-hmm. And he told her that if she, or she, the shift manager said, you need to uh, finish the boxes before you can go. You didn't do them. Well, for whatever reason, that triggered her. Like, she lost her temper, like tried to attack the shift manager, and then like not physically, right? like yeah, physically, what? and physically? told her this girl, this lady had a, a child. Oh my word! And told her that she was going to kill her kid. Oh my goodness! So she ended up. What did she go to jail for? Do we know? I I can't imagine if she was angry. So she ended up. She got canned. And it was just like, you got to be kidding me. You messed with the wrong woman. I ha- it was just such a lesson. And, it, and at the time, I was so mad. I was so angry, so frustrated. Mm-hmm. But looking back on it, it just cracks me up because it was one of those scenarios where here I am, this kid right out of college, um, not really, you know, which, I mean, I'm glad I was protected from a lot of things in the world, but like, just yeah. kind of clueless is that somebody would want to take advantage of me. And, like, that's kind of the point of the passage is, like, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. So, like, yeah. he sent the disciples out knowing they were going to, like, yeah. pe- wolves search out and hunt. And you were and, the And were they the want sheep. sheep. You were the like, sheep. Yeah, <laughs> at the time, like, and it's so, it's like, we need to be wise. Snakes are very wise, apparently. And... Uh, I think sometimes we can we can uh, we have to balance it because he says wise as serpents, innocent as doves. So like, we there it, I think it's a lot of things in our Christian life. There has to be balance. Like yeah. you have to be willing to do things for people and to be um, gentle, but we also need to be wise like that. We're not just being completely taken advantage of. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's where, like, it kind of comes into the, uh, for me, we, we live in an area where there's a lot of homeless people. I was about to say homeless. That, um, that happens a lot. Is, 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 is it the right thing to hand them 20 bucks out the window? Because I see somebody with a sign, like, my heartstrings tugged, like, oh, man, that person's homeless. But, like, giving them the cash is is not necessarily the greatest thing to do. Well, we talked about this. Some of those people are making 200 bucks an hour. There, I had a story of a friend that helped somebody, took them out to dinner, and started talking to them and asked them about that. And and he said, well, I just make a lot of money asking for money down here. So it's easier to do that than sometimes for the work. Now, it's not to say that some people, like, I believe they're legitimate people that need help and... But, but maybe that the, the right thing to do is to offer them a meal, take them out to the store to get what they need. But that takes sacrifice. That takes time. Mm. Um, but in my scenario, I was just dumb and clueless. Like, why would this woman lie? She was always so nice and kind to me. Like, why would she lie? Why would she do that to me? And it's like, it was kind of this, like, eye-opener. Realization. Like, there's that, yeah. bad people in the world. Like. Yeah. Not everybody who's kind and, and on the surface is actually going to be somebody that is good and, and kind and, and, and helpful. And yeah. they just saw me as this clueless kid to take advantage of. I mean, I'm 19 years old. This woman was in her 30s. like, <laughs> And she literally straight up just hustled me. Yeah, you just got hustled by the wolf. It's a hustle, honey. Well, what I mean, that's a really tough situation. When you came out of that... Was there a few months where you kind of became, I guess, withdrawn and like almost went to the extreme side where you don't trust anyone or did it not really affect you? I mean, it actually, it, it was good for me. So I was a law Brought enforcement, the I was a law, law enforcement major back then. Yeah. And I mean, you kind of got to be skeptical a little bit as a law enforcement person, like not to just see through everything, but God has kind of like helped bring me to that place where it was like you need to eval like don't just take everything that somebody says and just run with it mm-hmm. like it's okay to like you know why I should have asked follow up questions to the people who had worked with her for months like yeah. I should have been like hey so and so is telling me that they they were like I asked those questions but I asked them like when it was too late and yeah. then well here's two things I think you didn't ask a lot of questions which can really help the situation. And I also think you just went too fast. I think, it, like, if you slowed down in that situation and then asked the questions, I think it would be revealed to you. Because if you asked that guy or whoever is the manager Right, I could have asked him, like... He told you, you said, you, know, you gave it to her? You, like, why would you do that? She's a pathological liar. And then, like, yeah. one an, another thing about her is, is in this... I'm not saying this to be mean, but she was she was very heavy... And one of the things that uh, I remembered after all of this had happened was uh, she had told me and another employee that she bought a motorcycle and she could do tricks on it and wheelies and, and you didn't she, believe that. she could jump off of the motorcycle while it was driving oh my and kind of like do the, like be next to it and let yes. her feet slide, you know, people do that and then jump yeah. back on it. She told us that she could do that, and I we didn't believe her, because like not many people can do that. I 
in general. Like, I wouldn't be able to do that. And and I don't even do that on a bike, like, let alone a, a moving motorcycle. And we didn't believe her. But then when it came to, oh, yeah, I work, like, she was just so convincing that she worked and and used to own her own computer business and fix computers that I just didn't even, I just didn't even think about it. I was like, oh, she can fix my computer. She gave it all up for pizza delivery. Yeah, (laughs) living the dream, pizza delivery. And I just, uh, I used, I've told this story several times throughout the years, and um, it is, it is hilarious that I, like, just totally... Fell for it. Now, thinking back on it, there was, like, as an older person now, I say that like an ancient wow. No. As, like, I'm 30, no. in my 30s, and back then, you know, I'm 19 years old. Yeah. <laughs> like, I should not have drove to a random area of town that is not a good area of town to confront somebody at their house. Like, what was I? Like, again, I'm not being wise. Like, I let my... My emotions. anger and my emotions yeah. be like, I am going to be vindicated. I am going to get this back. Like, Well, that's a great, <laughs> that's another good point. It's like following your emotions can get you into some weird places. And, like, it was an adrenaline rush for sure. Like, yeah. when I was, like, standing there at the door, like, I just can vividly remember the house and the door. And when that door opened up, I was ready to just start screaming. And then it wasn't her at first. And... She was so mad that I showed up at her house. Just so mad. And, like, you know, who knows? You knock on somebody's door, they they could do something to you. Like, but here I am standing there. You want your computer back? Yeah, okay, I'll give you your computer back. And, like, I'm in the back of a subdivision, a, a bad area of town in this. It wasn't a subdivision, but, like, off the beaten path. It wasn't, like, a main road. Yeah. You know, they could have beat me up. And taking my money and whatever, and there I am, just give me my computer back. <laughs> yeah, led by anger. And who knows how many people were around that like could have helped me or I don't know. It just it was it was dumbness all around on my part, and just find it comical that thankfully I was able to learn a lesson through it because definitely not every story in life is funny that. Ends up that way. Yeah, I agree. So, I mean, that's that's my story. You got anything you want to add? Any, no, anything think, that you learned uh, from dumbness? What, what, what was her name? You know, I I mean, I know her name, but I don't want <laughs> whatever the I, name I, was. Don't trust I, these people. <laughs> whatever the name was, I don't want to. I don't want to share it just because it's not important. Really need to I, look over. I do. At, I uh, wish I remembered her last name because I would love to see what if she's still around and if she's yeah. what she's doing because it was very interesting time of life. Uh, time of life, just in general, like and and that's that's another thing that I'll add is like we need to like okay, we're supposed to be in the world but not of the world. So like we should we should be in scenarios at times in 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 different areas and not be completely clueless as to what's going on like you know this, you know what i'm trying to say no, like I it, it makes sense like there. there has to be a balance like you don't want to just be the the person that everyone is just like afraid to be why because you're always criticizing them because well, they're not christian well enough. that but also like the other thing is um you want people to notice you're different yeah but 
there's just something about being completely clueless to everything that's going on. And and I can think of people like me, you know, I got along with those people, but like here I am completely clueless. They're, you know, this woman is doing all kinds of, of things that are wrong, that lying to me, and here I am just clueless in my own world, like, oh, you know, she knows how to do this, and she's going to take care of this and fix my, you know, computer, and and not having some some wisdom or some common sense, like, hey, maybe we should think about this, maybe you should investigate, ask questions, not just being completely clueless as to what's going on around you. Right. Um, because I think a lot of times as parents, especially like as a parent, um, it's some, we see our kids doing things that are wrong and, and it's like, do we, do we say something or do we just kind of ignore it and pretend like we don't know what's going on? And, and there's another tough situation too. It's trying to understand like when to correct them or let them experience their failures, you know? Yeah. And that's as a as a dad being in that starting to be in that stage of of teenage years with uh, some of my kids, it's like here we go. A lot of a lot of decisions we have to make on how we want to navigate that because I like I grew up like I I don't have a problem with my upbringing. Some people would say that it was um, very sheltered, um, but. Just because I was sheltered, I still kind of knew, like, my parents taught us, like, things to avoid. Like, you want to, like, you want to be wise, and so there's a level of, like, you got to talk to your kids about some of the things in the world that to be aware of. Right. Like, if you never, if you never taught your kid, like, Not to cross that's, the road. well, that, yeah, don't, you know, just run across the road. Why would you not teach them not? Like, you've got to teach them not to. Mm-hmm. Or, like, if you never taught your kid what a snake was. Venomous snake. Steve does not like snakes. I don't like snakes. But, like, you never once, you know, you sheltered your kids to the point, well, snakes are so dangerous, so dangerous. I don't want my kid to know anything about what that is. And so you completely shelter them, and they go, <laughs> Whoa! What is that? And they go over to play with this this dangerous, <laughs> you know. Oh, it's a pet. It's an animal. I've never seen that before. And then they get bit. Yeah. You have to use that balance to know what. How do I talk about this? Mm-hmm. How do I teach my kids without like giving them all this details of things that like you know, like I would have never went to my you know five year old son and been like, okay. That woman is a pathological liar. Like, wh- what is that? Like, mm-hmm. okay, that that person we need to avoid at, at your, you know, she's not making wise decisions. Um, we still need to be kind and love people, but like, there are people that are, that have bad intentions, and that's what we teach our kids that with, like, you know, with the trafficking issue in our in our day and age. Like, yes. it, yeah. it's very real to have conversations with your kids about the dangers without completely just being inundated with like, okay, Lily, let's sit down and we're going to have this big old conversation about all of this horrible stuff that could happen. Yeah. Well, well that's, that's detrimental to do to kids. So you got to find that bit balance at, bit at a time to go, okay, let's walk through this and let's, and that's let's where be that, wise. That's let's, where that pace comes at. I think it's 
slowing down and kind of observing what's around you. Yeah. And at, at my age, even it's you're going so fast through life, just crazy speeds, um, and you're like stopping at all these speed bumps along the way, and you're running past them, and it's destroying the car. Yeah, yeah, that's a good analogy. I like analogies, if you couldn't tell, um, and and stories <laughs> that kind of pizza box. think of a pizza box and how that pizza box is your life. Nah, I have no <laughs> idea where I'm going with that, but like. I think to bring it back to to the verse is, as Christians, we are going to be around wolves, okay? And the Bible talks about wolves in sheep's clothing, uh, false prophets. Like, we even talk about that in in our discipleship class sometimes, that there are people that that will put a nugget or a kernel of truth, and then they will mix that in and be like, you know what? Um, that sounds okay on the surface, but guess what? You know, why, have you ever thought to add this in? And that's the part where we need to teach, we need to be taught, we need to teach yeah. that to evaluate what people are saying and hold it up to what Scripture actually says. Because I've been watching some different videos and, and different um author reading some different things and people younger generation specifically right now they really just believe a lot of what they're what they hear which on one hand like you want to like i as a person want to be to know like oh what this person is saying to me i can trust but also in the day and age we live in and as christians in a a very anti-christian culture now we need to hold things up against Scripture. What does Scripture actually say? Because there are going to be those people out there, yeah. the wolves. Um, so let's be wise. Let's yeah, that's true. Beast. Let's not give the computer away just because <laughs> someone says like uh, maybe I should see some credentials before I just believe yeah. you know that you can fix my computer. <laughs> Do the research, but yeah, it's just so it's difficult at this age because like. These kids, you know, my age or younger, are being consumed with so much technology alone. That's a big issue with the social media platforms, and it's just so consuming. There's so much around you that you can consume, and it's hard to believe things that sound good that are not true. Yeah. You know, it, it, sorry, it's easy to believe yeah. the things that sound good, but they're I, completely false. I knew false. what you meant. I knew what you yes. meant. Because there are so many videos. We were just talking earlier about reels. Uh, on Instagram, and, and the way they're changing how they do the algorithm and everything is very interesting to me. Um, and it's amazing to me the things that pop up in my reels that are presented as truth, yeah. and even even from Christian uh, platforms. So um, a verse taken out of context, or uh, name it and claim it, like mentality, like oh this you need, you can you can speak the truth you know speak these promises speak these truths like these Manifest. are yours to claim manifesting like there's this there's Christian manifesting actually if you look into it yeah. it's they wouldn't say it's Christian manifestation but it's basically that's what they're doing speaking your own truth into existence um, but you're you're naming it you know you know God made this promise therefore. That applies directly to me, and I'm gonna I'm gonna name that, and I'm going to claim that, 
And then if it doesn't happen, well, I didn't have enough faith. And then you fall flat on your face because you, you didn't have enough faith. Well, that's not right either. Like, <laughs> I didn't have enough faith, so I didn't get the Bugatti and the Lamborghini and the jet, private jet. Like, come on. Yeah. And so even in those Christian, so-called Christian platforms where a preacher will get up there and, you know, he's wearing cool shoes or he's, you know, pretty good looking and he'll say something that sounds good. And there's the thing, sheep and wolves. Like, we've been sent out as Christians, and we are amongst wolves. And we have to we have to put that up against Scripture and say, does Scripture really say this? And if you don't understand it, then you need to find a, a teacher or a somebody who knows the Scriptures better than you and, and look into it and find out, like, hey, can you help me through this passage? Like, I've said this before, and you know I've said this a lot of times. If I don't know the answer to something, I'll go to somebody and, and we'll try to figure it out together. Like, He's never said that. I have too. I've said it several times because I'm not the smartest person by any means. Yeah, and you're, and you're humble about it. I'm such a humble person. The I'm most the most, humble. I am the most humble person <laughs> there that there is. is. I mean, really, if you think about it, yeah, humbler I, than you. I got a question. <laughs> I got a question. Do you think there's wolves that are accidentally wolves? I would say there are people that really believe what they are. Like, they could be just deceived. That's the thing. They seem so confident. Yeah. And and they would they would go and be like, well, you know what? I, I really believe this. This is what it means. Mm-hmm. I believe this. And I just, I, I feel attacked for what I believe. And it's like, you just have to pray that the Holy Spirit would convict them. If they're truly Christians, they would they would be confronted with their sin and hopefully repent of it. Yeah. Because uh, there is, and especially in our American culture, there is a huge, huge push uh, of this this so called um, Christian culture american christianity this this name it and claim it this you know your best life now like it's all over western it's, society it's all over yeah and and it's become huge here like uh, i was just read an article yesterday or today actually the top 10 sermons listened to on youtube seven of them were by the same preacher and i scrolled through them and it's it's all of this name it and claim it. This he's a mega church pastor. He's got hundreds of, of thousands of dollars, private planes, and that's people are listening to that. And there, that's a correlation right there. So in your story that you had happen, it, everything in the beginning sounded so positive, and you believed her, and she seemed very confident in what she was doing, you know, with the computer and all of that. The same thing with this guy. It, everything sounds so positive. Why would someone not want to follow right. that? And and a church of of forty five thousand people. Yeah, it's like, well, if there's forty five people there, forty five thousand. Why would I not go there? Like, yeah, it's this guy must be and very then appealing. You listen to it, and then you start hearing things about, you know, if you give money to my church, and if you just believe hard enough and have enough faith, then. God is going to give you the health 
He's going to give you the wealth. He's going to give you the prosperity. And mm-hmm. and life just doesn't work like that. We even talked about it in the last episode a little bit. Life just doesn't work like that. Like there's something fundamentally wrong because when when that breaks down, which at some point in your life it will break down, that thinking, mm-hmm. that believing in that belief system, and you will fall flat on your face and go, well, why did I even, I, I walk away from Christianity. I've, I've heard stories of people, a lot of stories of people walking away from Christianity completely because of something that they followed that was false, that was given the tag Christian. And it's like, that's not true. That's not, if it's if it's Jesus and Jesus alone, then then that's that's it. Jesus alone for salvation, not all these other things. Yeah. And so many people, well, I was told I need to do this, and this this pastor or this celebrity pastor you're or following, whatever. You're following people, right? Yeah, there. and you've put this person on a pedestal. Mm-hmm. And the only person that should be on the pedestal is Jesus. And I actually have a close friend that went through this in his life where he came to a realization that he was putting these pastors that he he followed and from churches and stuff on a pedestal and mm-hmm. and they failed they they did something to disqualify themselves from ministry they they were they were criminals in some case and he's like it finally dawned on me that oh i had the wrong thing on the pedestal of my life it was oh these guys which we are to follow after people who are following after Christ, but it's not that person we're following. Like Paul, Paul, Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. Yeah. And then if Paul looked different than Christ, okay, well, he's I a think, human being. I need to look to Christ. I think what you're getting at is we're, we're, to, we're called to have fellowship and disciple ones around us, but we're not called to follow them. Yeah. You know, and I think there's a difference from fellowship to following. And it's, it's very interesting to think about. Cause and that's that's what these people are doing. Wow, oh, this this preacher at this mega church. Oh, he just I leave church feeling so good. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well that's you know I, I like encouraging sermons and but if the, all you ever are being told is you know yeah just do this this and this and the money's gonna flow the bank account just you know, just gotta believe a little more in the bank account. I, I I watched a video of a girl, and this again, this is a this is a Instagram video. She's given her testimony, and she was having a hard time paying her bills. And she said, "I just I started praying that that God would um, I, I needed to sow my seed. I just told I said, Lord, help me sow this seed." And what she was saying was. Uh, she came to church that Sunday, didn't know how to get there uh, because she, her vehicle was broke down and all this stuff. And she had X amount of dollars in her bank account and she brought it to church and she she sowed her seed. She she believed in faith that God was going to provide her this the vehicle that she dreamed of, her, her vehicle that she wanted. Not, oh, I just need a vehicle or whatever. She... I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna claim name that. I'm gonna claim that. And she sowed her seed. She gave the money to the church, and she claims, and I have no way to valid to know if this is valid. But then 
uh, she was she a couple days later, a week or whatever, she got the vehicle that she she dreamed of. Mm-hmm. It just it somebody gave her the vehicle of her dreams, and it was like so you're correlating that. Okay, I have to do this in order to get this. Very selfish. And uh, where last week our story was, my dad's like, Lord, you know, I know we need groceries. It's an actual legitimate, we need groceries. Yeah. But I, I feel like that we need to give this money to someone. And we'll you'll provide no matter what. I trust you. Not, oh, I'm going to sow this money, I'm going to give this money so I can get the Cadillac. Or the Bugatti. Or the Bugatti. <laughs> so there, it's a diff- There's a difference yeah. in that in that in that mentality, and it comes back to: Are we, are we wise? And innocent. Mm-hmm. He, he uses these two different <laughs> illustrations to make the point: like balance. Are we a sheep, and are we wise? Are you wise? Are you innocent? And. and, and there's elements like, okay, I need to be wise. Yeah. And I definitely did not, I mean, I learned that lesson, but I, I went into that thinking, well, I am not wise. Because well, I think <laughs> um, it's one of those situations where, like, I've had this happen. You're told that there's evil in the world, but until you personally experience a story that you experience evil, evil person or evil thing, and you encounter that, it's like, oh, Oh, state like there actually is evil. It's so weird. Right. Like you know, like stranger danger, all these things, but you don't apply it always, right? Until it actually happens to you, and then you're like, oh, <laughs> I guess my parents were right. I do need to be smart. I yeah. should not just go run across the road for no reason. You know, like yes. And we again, it's those things where it's like, kids, guess what? Your parents usually do have your best interests at heart, so. You need to heed their advice. Mm-hmm. Unless they're telling you to go run across the road. Then you know you got problems. <laughs> yeah. So I guess that's the, the point of my my uh, story this time is be wise. Don't be full of wisdom. D-U-M-B. Dumb. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, make sure you share this. Um, follow our Facebook page. Tell your friends. This is the world's greatest podcast. The world's greatest. It's the best. It's fantastic. Thanks for listening. Hope.